Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome, listeners, to The Extra Inch. My name is Windy, and I'm joined by my psychic and best friend, Bardi. Hello, Bardi. Hello, Windy. And our tactics guy and my scout, Nathan A. Clark. Hello, Nathan. On my honour, I promise. <laughs> Bardi, unfit for purpose, asks, how many games deep into Ericsson's career will a Vespa be thrown at him? Well, I, I think Ericsson has become, um, he's become Spursy in, in, his, in the way he is, because he's arrived at Inter, who've been doing really well. He's arrived at them just as they've hit a kind of crisis crisis period so it might be um might be only a couple of games before they start hurling stuff at his head or he just completely turns it around for them um and is a hero immediately yes they yes it's obviously it could go the other way as well i i mean personally i hope for him it goes um it goes well but um inter are a team famous for choking I, i can just imagine should he start on fire for inter i can just imagine the reception from spurs fans online who who will just be like well he's down tools for us for the last year he's a complete snake I and mean, he'll get booze when he comes back to the stadium and the reality is it's it's not like that is it it's it's so much more complicated and it's really difficult for players to kind of maintain motivation in a situation like Ericsson's been in I, I do feel for him and the criticism he's received yeah I think um, someone like Hazard for example he he was he did a kind of one season on one season off but he didn't get anywhere near the kind of criticism that Ericsson has got. Right, and and you think of Danny Rose, who until very recently was still universally loved, despite you know, being a lot more vocal about Ericsson in a kind of negative way in the press. Um, yeah, I, I I think there's a a lot of it is about the fact that Ericsson doesn't fly into tackles. To be honest, yeah, it's, yeah. it's very proper football man. Yeah. Anyway, that's a start, isn't it? <laughs> let's talk. <laughs> let's talk about Norwich. Uh, we won two one, Nathan. And another three points, mate. In the bag. <laughs> but not the greatest of performances. Oh, God, no. No, not at all. Um, it was it was quite similar to the previous Norwich game in which we sort of played a very technical midfield and tried to match Norwich in that way. Uh, and again, to sort of to mix results, basically. Uh, I, I've been very um, effusive in my praise of Ryan Sessegnon. I thought we had a really difficult game at left back. Uh, he he yeah. kind of never got going, never got to grips with the role he was being asked to play. I don't know if he was meant to be playing the more reserved left back role, but he certainly wasn't. But nothing really went his way. Max Aaron's had a great game for Norwich. And... 
I felt for him. Uh, and then obviously he, he committed the foul for the um, penalty as well. Um, yeah, not Sessegnon's game. Bardi, what did you make of the Norwich one? Yeah, it was it was a strange game. I think it was one of those where the result was, you know, the most important thing. We, we had to get three points, especially after Chelsea and Arsenal had dropped points. He did have a tough game, but he was up against an absolute star in Max Ahrens. He, he, he he's he's incredible. Um, I was I've been kind of reserved about him from what I've seen. Is he looks fast and he's a bit direct, but his touch and his ability to get himself out of tight situations by just having a perfect first touch is is amazing. And he could properly collect the ball at full speed and have it under control straight away. He looked an absolute star and someone I we should definitely we definitely need to buy him. I'm um I've been a bit reserved on Aaron's. I must admit I liked him at first. I I thought when he kind of came into their team at first, he looked really handy for such a young player. Uh, and then the more I saw him, the le- the less I kind of I, I kind of always thought he was good, but I I've not been convinced that he's great. But that was the best I've ever seen him play. I thought mm. he was absolutely exceptional against us. He um he totally owned that side of the pitch. He knew when to arrive in the final third. He was very good defensively, particularly one on one. And like you say, he he put in a sterling performance. Uh, Nathan, do you think there was anything in the fact that we seem to completely lose control once Harry Winks went off? I hadn't considered that before. Um, it's 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 sort of um, over the last few games, especially. But there's this this feeling that once the opposition sort of came out harder in the second half, they'll push us back and we will start to fade. Um, which may, maybe there's a fitness thing in there. Um, but yeah, Winks coming off may well have exacerbated that. I didn't really consider that. I, I'd be interested to, to take a big look into like what Norwich altered in their own details mm. to sort of to, to come up with a, a proper answer there. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if that played a significant part. And we saw Serge Aurier have an impact again with another assist. Uh, Blue Tick Josh says, what's the deal with Serge Aurier is he good now has he always been good is he doing enough good stuff now to make up for still being an occasional liability we still should be looking to improve on him right that's uh, all comment of, of Josh that wasn't anything uh, from me Bardi <laughs> you, you've turned on you've turned on Aurier right you like him now <laughs> I, I, I... It's um I haven't said I like him, but I think <laughs> I think legit I think my what I said was legitimately I think right now he's one of our most important players. And I don't mm. think that's anything that we can disagree with. I'm not saying that he's not upgradable and we shouldn't be looking to um improve that area, but the amount of assists and the amount of um, problems he causes opposition defence it's and the way that our team is set up, he is one of our most important players. And on the whole, I think I think he's delivering. He's um his performance levels has improved. His um, liability rating, his liability is kind of reduced, even though perhaps he could be blamed for Southampton. But I thought against Norwich, he was good. He provided he provided the um, the pass for, for Delhi, and he's clocked up some serious assists. And even going back to the Liverpool game, he kept Robertson reasonably quiet. And he, I can't remember the last time he had a proper mistake in him. And... I, to be honest with you, I don't think the mistakes are that common as people like to claim they are. Nathan, uh, any counterpoints? Uh, well, what I said on, on Twitter was essentially, I don't disagree with the fact that Serge Aurier has become one of our most important players, but I think that that itself is like a, a travesty, like an absolute <laughs> terrible indictment of the state of our club. Um, yeah, no, like he's playing well. He wasn't playing well before. There were sort of sparks and, and decent performances early on and then a sort of middle period where he looked like he didn't understand what a football was. And now, yeah, we're seeing him playing very much the specialist role, which really suits his strengths. Um, but, uh, you know, his weaknesses will and have um, come to hurt us from time to time, which is not to say, like, um, 
it's you know right back is in a lot better uh situation than it has been for quite a while um we should definitely still look to bring in another right back either to be an understudy to Sergioria or to put Sergioria back on the bench i think either way is a good way of handling that situation um i mean the, he's also eating up a hell of a lot of minutes like you know playing twice a week that's very impressive in its own right um yeah i don't know Sergioria is sort of exactly good um he has strengths he has weaknesses um, the strengths aren't like absolutely incredible and the weaknesses aren't completely undoing us it's, it's just sort of a middle ground throughout yeah and I, if I, I sorry go on buddy no I, I yeah I just think with the panic of everything going on in our squad at the moment I think we can perhaps maybe take a step back from the, uh, right back was was fundamental two three yeah. months ago I think yeah. now right back has become our third most kind of need to buy player so I, I think we can get through this window and perhaps just rely on Oreo to get us through to the end of the season. If I could kind of try and bring your um, points together and, and make a conclusion, <laughs> I, I, I think it's that Mourinho's really managed the right-back situation incredibly well. So he's identified, presumably quite early on, that there's a problem at right-back. And he's shifted the formation to basically remove most of the frailties from Aurier's game because he's not having to do that much defending close to his own goal. He's playing a lot higher. That gives him the opportunity to receive the ball and put crosses in, yeah. which he's, he's pretty good at. I mean, he's not, he's not like Trippier levels of crossing and he's certainly not Trent Alexander-Arnold levels of crossing. But when he's got cross volume, some of them are going to hit and they are hitting. And the, the only thing I would say is that it's quite a basic form of football. Get the ball out to Serge Aurier and whip a cross in. But we're getting goals through that route. So I'm not going to turn my nose up at it, up at it right now. And also um, it, it shows Mourinho's... Um... Perhaps Pochettino should have done this. Perhaps where where we had issues, frailties and problems, perhaps Pochettino should have tried to... Well, I guess he did that with Lorente at points, but perhaps he should have figured out a way to make this weird team work. Kind of like, I'm not saying we're working perfectly, but the kind of Mourinho's being able to get stuff out of us by, by, by kind of fudging it a little bit. Well, Pochettino tried to do that with our midfield and he tried the same thing over and over and over and it, and it just didn't work. It wasn't working, but he didn't want to try something else. Um, mm. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't want to be too critical of Pochettino because there, there were issues behind the scenes which you know about. But at the same time, it's nice to have uh, some fresh ideas from from Mourinho, from Mourinho on the certainly on the right back front because right back has been a problem for a long time. I still I still maintain that it should be a position which we can easily upgrade over the next two windows. But you're quite right yeah. to point out that it's um, not as immediate a priority as it once was. Uh, but Buddy, you, you touched on the Southampton game there. We should talk about that in a bit more detail. The mistake from Aurier um, was a a kind of loss of concentration in the final what what was it 85 minutes something like that mm-hmm. um which was really really frustrating but they had been turning the screw before that and that goal was very much coming nathan what did you make of the performance against southampton yeah it gets sort of similar to the norwich one in the good start you felt that things would eventually um start to go the wrong way for us and they did um yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, the the midfield was interesting to, to see uh, Jensen start, and then it was sort of lent more towards a, a four three three than the four two three one. But there's um, a lot of similarities going on there. I do quite like uh, Lacelso in the more attacking role, like uh, which is to say, a lot of people are quite upset with him playing further forward and want to see him in midfield. And I think that we're getting similar, similarly very good performances out of him, regardless of where he plays, and and we should just use him wherever he's needed. Um, yeah, you know, and and also I I really like Tanganga as the left back, um, which allows us to sort of, as you were saying just before, take advantage of Aurea's strengths and weaknesses and and play that way. 
Yeah, Tanganga had a really, really solid match. Again, making a goal line clearance, his second so far in the first team. Um, and generally just looking composed at the back there. Uh, Lacelso is undoubtedly the star of our team at the moment. He has been yeah. for the past few games. He was exceptional again. I, t- I take your point that you like him higher up. Uh, but I thought, you know, in midfield, he did a great job. He was, he kind of created the goal from that position uh, with a driving run forward, which mm, is such just a good run. insanely good. Like shades of Moussa Dembele with that. Uh, uh, the kind of hip swivel and the burst of pace to get away. But this time he, he had a kind of incisive pass at the end of it. It was lovely. Um, so he's great. And I'm really excited about that. Um, Nathan, what did you make of Jetson? Um <laughs> Oh my God. I don't want to, I, 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 I'm not excited by what I've seen so far, but you know, I'm, you could make the same case for Sessegnon, who I think is an extremely good player. I I already had reservations, you know, almost as soon as we were linked to him and I started to look through things and talk to people and, and watch games. So I, I, at no point have I been high on this player and that hasn't changed, which is not to say that he can't possibly be good or at least useful, just that I'm not, you know, about to start celebrating him. Mm, that's a very reasonable take. Uh, and I think it's right to not criticise him until we've had several months of bedding in because we've sure. seen like with players like Son, for example, who's now an absolute star, probably you know in our top three players, uh, he took serious time to settle. So we need to expect that, that the same could be the case for Jetson, and we need to try and not be too critical. But I tell you something: if a youth team player put in that performance, people will be saying he's never going to make it. But they just would, uh, and, and I'm not seeing that from uh, about Jetson, which is a slight frustration. But you know, there's, let's let's put it kindly: there's a lot of room for growth on that performance from Jetson. Uh, he's certainly got physical attributes which are attractive yep. he, he gallops uh, he, he can kind of cover ground incredibly quickly which was useful in this formation because between him and Lacelsa they, they often weren't sure wh- who was having which man so the fact that he could shuttle out to the right and then shuttle back into the middle was genuinely really handy uh, but on the ball he left a lot to be desired Musa Sissoko's regen. Yeah, in, in many ways, in many ways. Uh, interestingly, Brian Mulholland has sent us this. Have the guys in the pod noticed the players being a lot more vocal and critical of passes with each other in the last few games? In particular, Delhi and Serge. It gets old fast when Delhi throws his hands up in disappointment. Could it be due to our inconsistent form? Buddy, you were at the match. Did you notice our players getting a bit stroppy with one another? That, well, I think this is probably the bad match for me to talk about the details because it was a long away day. And that's a... <laughs> It's a long train journey, but um, it, uh, I don't know. There are certain individuals that when when you go to see the games that they, they're constantly complaining. Dyer is one of these guys. Mm. Um, Delhi does like to complain, but he's been, he's always done that. He's always complained to yeah. Kane. He's always complained to everybody else. I don't think that's a problem, really. As, um, I don't think it's a problem. There's nothing really that upsets me too much. Um, on on Gedson, I thought, I thought he looked okay and, you know... He is a young player and he's going to take time to settle. And as you say, it took, um, La Celso four months to kind of, to catch yeah. the, to catch the kind of, um, pace of it. And he's come from PSG, Argentinian experience, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, like, Jensen is a kind of new Sissoko and I'm not too down about him. He is a youth player. He's got to take time to settle. And, yeah, he he is he's going to have his uses as the season wears on for sure. It's just another body at this point as well, which is yeah. just no bad thing when you've got as many injury issues as we've had. Uh, Klaus Rundberg said, "How many more goals would Spurs have scored if Son passed the ball more? He's not a striker in a traditional sense, and should his assist numbers be higher?" Uh, now, I think Son's selfishness, which is undoubtedly a thing, is both a strength and a weakness. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nathan, how do you feel about the fact that Son kind of shoots on sight? <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, no, I agree. It's a strength and weakness, and and you can look at that on like a sort of um, a technical uh, mechanical level. Is that he dribbles with his head down, and that allows him to quickly change direction mm. really well. It allows mm. him to beat players. Uh, it allows him to find small gaps to burst through, and it also means that he's completely unaware when there's a player open five yards from him yeah. in front of goal. Yeah, um, and that you know that's not something that's going to change. So to say, you know. If Sun looked up more, maybe he would spot other passes, but then how would that detract from his game otherwise? It's when people say, oh, you know, this player is extremely one-footed. Why don't they just work on their their weak foot? You know, Lamella is the most extreme example, I think, in the world of one-footed players. Why doesn't Lamella just work on his right foot? Well, then he's taken away from developmentally. We have to rewind because he's probably not going to make those changes now. How would that have affected the growth of other areas of his game? Because you can only dedicate so much time to developing as a player. Mm. That was... uh... A conversation I had with Harry Brooks on the the last special sure. episode, which I, I I kind of appreciated Harry's take on because you're you're quite right to say uh, that there's there's a there's an opportunity cost there. If you're spending time on one thing, it means you're not spending time on another thing. And if in spending time on your weaker foot, you kind of stop developing in another area and get overtaken, you might find yourself out of a team. So there comes a point where you just accept it. And I think you're quite right to to use that comparison with Son. If he didn't dribble in that way, then perhaps he wouldn't be set to shoot in the way he is because sure. you know the way he's looking down at the ball he he kind of his shooting is pretty great um certainly you know up there with some of the best in the premier league and that's probably due to his dribble style and you know there's an argument to say as well that you know shot volume is a good thing if you shoot typically from areas that son does which are typically inside the box you're going to score a decent number of goals um so i'm not i'm not overly worried about it uh but i can see why it would be a frustration as well repeatedly against Southampton Sun shifted onto his left when there was an earlier chance yeah. on his right uh, even for the goal and it was it's 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 odd I don't know if it's fair to call it frustrating but it's I don't understand I, I, that's just his style I guess is mm. to move onto the side foot shot and shoot across the goal that way I think he likes to move the ball away from a defender which, whichever side is on so I kind of get it but I, I also take your point that he could have taken the shots on earlier on, on a couple of occasions uh, speaking of, of shooting and strikers Brian Schaefer says if we can't sign a true nine in this window then what are Spurs' best tactical options we know you don't think Lucas is sorry we know you don't think it's Lucas at the tip Buddy are you finding Lucas as frustrating to watch as I am yeah I think had we had a decent half decent strike I think we would have put Southampton to bed in the first half because there was opportunities there for Lucas to take which he he didn't yeah it is frustrating I I thought we could maybe get through this period kind of rotating Lucas, Sun, Delhi, kind of seeing what we can do there. But I'm, the more this kind of goes on, the more I'm convinced it's not going to work, especially with Sun, even though he's got two and two. He's not he's not in the greatest form of his life. Um, if he was, he would have taken that, that volley he missed from a nice, I think Lamella scooped it through to him. He would have taken that and he perhaps would have got another goal. So I think I think the striker situation is something we need to fix because I, uh, between Lucas, Sun and Delhi. We don't have it. Well, we don't have enough to to get us where we need to go. But are you surprised that he's persisting with Lucas up front? Um, I don't know what other option he's got other than throw a seventeen-year-old into there. I don't. I don't know what else he's got. What do you think, Nathan? What other options might he have at his disposal? Uh, well, there's increasing shouts to Fideli to play up top. Um, I think maybe Lamella would be worth a go there. I, d- I do think that those are interesting ideas, but I also think it's very interesting that both uh, Mourinho and Pochettino sort of trialled out Sun there 
And then went, no, it's got to be Lucas. And despite it being frustrating for fans, both of them have said, you know, repeatedly played Lucas up top again and again and again. So I, I wonder what it, what information it is that they share, what, what takeaway it has for them that says it's got to be Lucas up mm. top. I think physically, Lucas is the only one that can take the take the ball with his back to goal. His son just yeah. he's he's unable to shield, and I think Lucas has just got a little bit more, and that's why that's why they use him there. And also, he's got a prodigious leap. You know, I haven't seen a little man. It's true. Yeah, I haven't seen a little man jump like that ever before. It's insane. It, yeah, it's a really good point. He does get up well. Um, the only thing I'd say, and you're you're quite right, buddy. He's good with his back to goal, but he's doing that too much. I want to kind of see him spinning behind a bit more. And I was thinking about this earlier. We've got so many good through ball players now in Derry, Lacelso, and Dombele, Lamella, and you're not seeing Lucas make those kind of shoulder runs. So we're not seeing us use one of our best combined skills to the max. Well, um, I, I don't know. I disagree with that because I think against Southampton we saw two opportunities where he was running through on goal. One ended up with Lacelso's goal being offside, and the other one, which he he really should have buried and instead forced a good save. So those those opportunities are coming, but he's just not. It's weird for someone that scored, took three shots and scored three goals in the semi-final Champions League, but yeah. it's just weird that he, his, um, he's just stopped being clinical. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. In terms of uh, signing a striker, we're being consistently linked with Piontek still, and it seems like it seems to me as though he's one of a number of options, possibly first choice, but that we don't think he's worth what is being asked for him. Uh, we've got this other backup option from Real Sociedad, who seem <laughs> it feels to me as though he's being strung along a little bit, and he'll be like a last last resort <laughs> uh, if we're really desperate on deadline day that we might take him. But it feels like we're treating him quite poorly. Uh, we we had a question from other Anthony who says everyone keeps saying buy a striker, but we clearly don't want any old journeyman. Who would you guys suggest that we can get that can fit in along the front line and be back up when Kane's back? Nathan, did you have any suggestions? Uh, yes. Yeah, so I mentioned on Twitter. In fact, I didn't mention. People turned up in my replies to bring up Ollie Watkins, uh, who was at Brentford, uh, Odson Edouard, and Alfredo uh, Morelos at Rangers, um, who are three really exciting, promising young forwards who I think that we should be looking at. Watkins is an interesting one because he's converted this year. They they sold Malpe, obviously, to Brighton and Watkins yeah. was converted from an attacking midfielder to a striker and it took him a few games to kind of get into the mould 
and then it just all clicked for him and he's been great ever since. I don't know a lot about Marillos, uh, the the Rangers player who is Colombian, so I'm hoping Bardi might have some uh, <laughs> intel on him. Ooh. <laughs> oh, okay, just because he's Colombian. <laughs> you, you, you know your Colombian players, mate. <laughs> I hadn't heard of him until just now. <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, and Edward uh, is... He's taught, he's taught, he's been tearing up in the Scottish Premier League for a while now, yep. but it's the Scottish Premier League. It is, and and, and same for Alfredo. So, uh, Edouard is something of a target man. He's a he's a really uh, big bloke, but he he's he's able to. He's not limited in that sense. Yeah, he can he can find space. Uh, most of his shots are, are with his feet, I think, rather than his head. Um, he can sort of bring others into play and play back to goal, and he can shoot from distance. Uh, Morenos is more sort of a dynamic, runny, dribbly type. Um, he's also um, a like a, a Serge, worse than Serge Aurier, um, raging hothead, multiple <laughs> red cards a season. Sounds like our kind of guy. <laughs> Uh, And the other player that we've been linked with for the past 24 hours, which seemed to come out of nowhere, was Steven Bergvain uh, of PSV. He's a winger who primarily plays from the right, but has played plenty from the left as well. Uh, Nathan, are you a fan of his? Yeah, yeah, definitely, big time. I think he plays pretty much even left okay. and right. I prefer him off the left as a, as a right-footed player, but uh, I think he, yeah, so uh, he's primarily played from the right up until this season where it's more even split. And also this season he started to play up front, but that's only been a couple of games and apparently primarily due to injuries. So it's unlikely that he's that we're looking at him as a forward and that he's he's now a forward player. It seems that's unlikely to be the case. Um, I watched um, one of his games uh, playing centre forward and he didn't sort of look all at peace. So he he's he's an interesting attacker. Um, he sort of halfway between your sort of dribbler, runner, winger, and your sort of more inside creator thing, I guess. Mm. I I I guess in terms of output, you could compare him to Lamella, but he doesn't at all look like Lamella on the ball. He's very mechanically different. Mm. Um, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, it does. That... It does. I, I've not seen lots of him. Obviously, I saw him against Spurs, and I've seen plenty of YouTube highlight. He's a very good one-on-one player. Uh, he he yeah. can beat a man from a standing start very easily, uh, and he reminds me a little bit of Raheem Sterling in style. Sure, sure, but, yeah. But obviously yeah. not as good, obviously not as good. But that's the that's the kind of stylistic comparison, and that's what I think you get if you play him on the left rather than the right as someone who wants to cut inside and, and get shots away and, and be there at the far post to get on the end of things as well. Um, really nice player. I was very, very excited immediately upon us being linked with him because it's just nice to sign a young, exciting player who, who's a big yeah. talent. Uh, but he's not really what we need, is he? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think we have these gaping holes in midfields and we have this ongoing striker issue, which we, we probably should have had a preparation for this inevitability with Harry Kane as it is now. And we have this weakness in both fullback positions. Um, I mean, always it's a good time to sign an, a, a promising young player. Um, it, you just think that, like, if the budget is mm, limited... That's it. It can't be at the expense of others. Uh, it needs to be as well as others. But... And it's like, we're not even being linked with defensive midfielders. Like, are we... Except are we aware that this is a, what is Have we been linked with Chan? Yeah, now? a little. Okay. He's one of these players. Chan is is another one like Piontek that's being kind of hustled all around, all around Europe. I think I think Spurs we have a we have a history of an opportunistic buy. I think Lucas Moura, for example, who 
I think stylistically it's quite similar to this guy, is another example of if a player kind of pops up at a decent price, we'll we'll make a move at it on it. Um I have to give a shout out Metzala Scout. He slid into my DMs, which is always always nice when someone does that. And he he came in with a load of stats for me, nineteen goals, sixteen assists since end of last season. And he reckons that um he's a he's he's actually an upgrade to Lucas. So yeah, a young a younger upgrade on Lucas. So there you go, there's that as well. And I think the other thing that's worth noting is, you know, what a lift it gives the squad if you sign a player of that quality. Uh, who, who's really exciting in the final third as well. You can get something else out of other players. I know this is really pathetic, and it's a point I've mentioned before, but when you sign new players, footballers are show-offs. They're, they're egotists. They want to be the best guy in training. They want to be the best guy on the pitch. And what you create is uh, like a comp- competitiveness amongst mm-hmm. them. And yeah. that's a good thing. We need that in amongst our squad. We need some kind of... We need people to step up and say, yeah, this is me. I can do this. I'm a good player. I, I've just remembered, actually. I'm a good player. I forgot that these past nine months. Um, and <laughs> and maybe signing like Bergwijn could be the, the, the kind of player we need to, to create that situation, hopefully. Uh, we asked for some questions on Twitter earlier and Extra Inch listeners responded in their droves. We had like 50 questions. Uh, I'll start with Chris Summersell, who is a top bloke and a great follow on Twitter. He says, what style yep. of play are we working towards with Jose right now? Um, Bardi, I'll start with you. Jose, oh, I keep saying it. Thank you. Thank you. No, thank you for picking me up because I need someone to just like punch me in the head every time I say it. Uh, Bardi, what style of play are we working towards with Jose right now? Um, I'm not quite sure because we don't. I don't think we have a, um, a group of players to be able to that, that can have an identifiable style. So I'm not sure. Mourinho keeps talking about that that game against the terrible West Ham as the blueprint of where <laughs> he wants to go. But everybody's beaten West Ham, so I'm not. I'm not sure. But. Um, who knows? We need to see what happens in the transfer window. And then I don't think we're going to see any Mourinho style this year. I think it's going to be getting through the games, trying to pick up points, as trying to pick up as many points as we can and edge into that top four. And then I think by um, by winter, deep winter next year, we will have a better idea of um, of what football this Mourinho is going to play. And I think, it, I think it will probably be quite different from previous iterations of Mourinho. At least I hope so. But um, I think we'll end up playing something towards a four-three-three, deep uh, holding midfielder, you know, holding midfielder, Endobele, Lo Celso, either side of it, and seeing what happens from there. Well, one thing that's really surprised me is these past few games we've we've kind of um, evened out in terms of long ball and short passing. The the long ball certainly from the back has has stopped. We're we're not kicking the ball long from goal kicks every time. We're often playing out from the back. Mm. We've moved into this four-three-three shape with Winks at the base and then one other to the right, be that the Celso or or Jed. And then Delhi playing the same role on the left, but a little bit more advanced and certainly asked to get up and support the front players. So the kind yeah. of typical Mourinho 4-3-3 shape has already taken hold. Uh, and then we've still often had this kind of lopsided fullback situation where you're slipping back into a three at the back uh, when the opposition has the ball or, or when we had the ball on one side or the opposition has the ball with uh, Aurier particularly high. But that hasn't always been the case. It seems to be on a match-by-match basis depending on personnel available to us plus the opposition. Uh, Nathan, are there any other discernible elements that you've managed to take from what Mourinho's attempted so far? Yeah, well, he, he we've pressed higher than just about any Mourinho mm. team 
Um, I think that's that's sort of something we we failed to discuss in depth here. Um, I don't. Know, it's, it's a really interesting and important question because, like, even when things were terrible under Pochettino, you knew what he was trying to do. You know what the the ideas were. Um, with Mourinho, there are these sort of um, promising signs of intention, but then you also we've had a string of games where all of our attacks have been long balls as well. Which, yeah, you're right to say, I think, that maybe we're moving on from that. Um, it feels like what we're working towards is sort of uh, a sort of a soft Mourinho impression of modern top managers. We're doing Mourinho's impression of, of Pochettino. Does that make sense? Damning him with faint praise. Bardi this is like um, the majority of my parent-teacher evenings. That, that <laughs> he's you're, you're doing your an son. impression of a good student. Yeah, yeah, your son. He's he's trying. He's he's trying to be a good student, but he's. Well, let me let me phrase that more optimistically because it's like it's not like we've got a shit Pochettino. That's not what I'm saying. Mm. I'm saying like uh, a, a calmed down version yeah. of, of modern football, uh, and, and which will have more reactive elements, which I, which I do mean as a yeah. positive. I, th- I think that really has yeah. been a positive so far as well, that he does change things quickly if he's spot. Yeah. Which, to, to me, I'm really enjoying that because that was a massive frustration under Pochettino that he would just go and go and go and nothing would change and then we concede. And he'd be like, well, we saw that coming half an hour ago. Why didn't you do something about it? I mean, we were a little unlucky against Southampton because he wanted to bring Eric Dyer on and he didn't get to bring Dyer on until like five minutes later because the ball didn't go out of play. Uh, but at least he kind of identified that there was an issue that he was trying to solve. Um, Aiden says, will a midfield three of Goldie looking Celso and Dombele and Winks work. What do you think, Nathan? Because that's um like we've been up and down on whether Winks as a kind of deepest lying uh, midfielder could work, but when you've got Dombele one side, the Celso the other, could could it work? Uh, my sure answer is no, but I like I want to see it anyway. I think that that is our best midfield. I also think it still falls short of its tasks defensively. Yeah. Is that something you'd agree with, Bardi? Yeah, totally agree to that. I really want to see it, though. I'm really curious. I've been intrigued that Winks has played some killer passes in the last few games. He's um, obviously been told to get his head up early and, and spot those like Toby-esque diagonals. Uh, final question, and I know Nathan's got to make a move. Uh, star underscore JB says, can we get a youth update from Windy? Are there any youngsters we can get excited about potentially breaking into the first team? And I, I won't keep you long, but there's definitely some talent there. And uh, what's really interesting under Mourinho is that we've started sending players out on loan again. So uh, just today, actually, Brandon Austin's joined a Danish um, second division team. I think it's Viborg, uh, where he replaces another England under 21 goalkeeper who's got injured and, and gone back to his parent club, Brentford. So that's really good for Austin. He needed games. Um and we've also sent... Who else did we send? We sent someone else out. Oh, Armando has joined Atletico Balleres, who his brother Sam was uh, with last season on loan. And then Sam moved to Tenerife and uh, has actually joined Atletico Balleres as well. So the Armando and Sam Shishua, uh combination could happen <laughs> in uh, the Spanish like third tier or whatever it is. Um, in terms of ones that can make the Spurs first team, Serkin is the one that Mourinho's taken an instant like to. He's a really talented left back who's kind of got a bit of everything, but I would say is definitely better defensively he's, he can run forward and he's a good dribbler but um i like his defensive game more than his offensive game and he's definitely one to keep an eye on i still really like harvey white um 
I saw someone compare him uh, the other day to James Ward-Prowse, and I think that is an excellent comparison. He's a real set-piece specialist, but he's also like a tenacious box-to-box midfielder who can kind of do a bit of everything, but isn't exceptional at anything. So I think that's a that's an excellent um, player to compare him with. Uh, and then obviously Parrott, and we just don't know what's going to happen with Parrott, and we're still awaiting him turning 18 to get an idea, I think. Um, but yeah, look, I'm definitely feeling happier about uh, our use of the academy players, given Tanganga's involvement and given the fact that some loans seem to be happening and I'm hoping more loans will be announced prior to to transfer deadline day um we'll leave it there boys it's been good good little catch up and we've got a winter break coming up but there'll be no break for the extra inch we'll be here you've been listening to the extra inch thanks to Nathan A. Clark production thanks to Barney for being Italian thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork thanks to David Lindner for our intro music you can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and SoundCloud D Lindner do check him out he's great Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.